For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the WRAL Daily Download. I'm your host, Allie Ingersoll. Today, we'll be talking with WRAL's Julian Grace. Last year, Raleigh police responded to 15 calls for human trafficking, the most since before the pandemic, according to police call data I looked at. The state consistently ranks among the highest for cases prosecuted. Now, Julian, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about this. You've been covering this topic for quite a while. Recently, you had a chance to emcee the Human Trafficking Awareness Conference. So let's start talking a little about that. What was the conference all about? You know, the conference was all about just introducing people to the men and women who are on the front lines on tackling this issue. They're like the invisible heroes, as I like to call them. A lot of times we don't know they exist until trouble arises. But there are organizations and investigators that are behind the scenes working diligently to protect men and women who are facing human trafficking. And it was just a great opportunity to not only learn from them, but just look for signs that you should look for each and every day that are right in front of us that we don't even realize. We don't even realize. So the training was in-depth, it was informative, but also it was thought-provoking. It left you feeling like I need to do more to get involved in this process to make sure this is exposed to the general public. Were there a lot of people out there? Oh yeah, it was packed, it was jam-packed. I wanna say the conference started at 9.15 as far as registration is concerned by about 10.30 because there were networking opportunities before we walked into the session. By 1030, it was packed. The room was packed inside uh, the facility. And it just goes to show that there is a hunger and there is a thirst to do more to address this issue. Yeah, and it's definitely an increasing issue. As I said, the cases, there were more uh, calls last year than there have been for a number of years. Is there anything that you learned at the conference that really stood out and that you want to share with people? Oh, there was so much. I took so many notes, a copious amount of notes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had information that I not only wanted to sh- have for myself, but I wanted to share with others. One thing that really stuck out that an investigator, she got up there and she shared with the general public is that when someone is in a human trafficking situation, you should first ask, why are they in that position? And there are a number of reasons why they could possibly be in that position. Substance abuse, violence, language barrier, Mm. substance abuse. Sometimes there are individuals who are being trafficked. They do that as a source to receive drugs. And um, there's a bigger issue with substance abuse. So as you know, if someone is under the influence of any type of drug, they're not themselves Mm. and they can easily be manipulated. So that was one I was like, wow, that is really good. And then then violence. Some people are simply just forced in this because someone else is forcing them physically to be in it. Those situations we hear about, I think, more often and we tend to think, okay, If you're involved in human trafficking, you were probably forced into it physically. The third made me pause because I never really heard about it. I never even thought about it. A language barrier. Hmm. There are individuals that come into this country that are not fluent in English. 
and there are those who are fluent in English and that native language, whoever that individual may be, and they force them into this lifestyle and they don't even realize they're in it until they're in it. And then they can't even articulate themselves to get out of it. There are no resources available, no one to understand their language or no one to even say, I see you. How may I help you? Yeah. So those three questions made me pause and think like, wow, you have to ask yourself, why is that individual in that situation in the first place? And you can support them by attacking what got them there first. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Definitely. And that's kind of when you start to break it down and then when they start to feel safe. Right. If you address the root of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you made it a point to bring your some of your kids to the conference. Um, when raising awareness, why is this important to start early and for people to be aware of this at such a young age? Oh, you, you, I feel like you have to start early. My wife and I, we have four children. Our oldest is a daughter, and we have three boys. And I took my three boys because they get the opportunity to be a lot around a lot of principal men and women, right? But I also want to articulate to them there are a lot of unprincipled men and women in this world, and. There has to be people on the front lines that are not only aware of it, but are willing to address it. So I wanted to expose them to this is what's going on, not just in our world, not just in our state, but in the area that we call home. So we have to be vigilant on it. And I wanted to spark discussions among them like, how did you feel about that? What did you think about that conversation? What do you think you can do to help? And not only that, I wanted them to pause and just look around that there are people that are really addressing this situation. So no one is alone in fighting bad. So I just wanted them to see that uh, knowing how how they interpreted all of that and being in that presence of uh, investigators and the frontline workers and various organizations. I, I don't really know how they took it all in, uh, but they were there and I just wanted to plant that seed with them. I think that's really big of you to do that and to start that conversation early and then they can go and share with other kids, right? Absolutely. I want them to be able to recognize it Yeah. not be like, what? What is human trafficking? I never heard of that. No, I want them to be able to articulate it in their own terms on what it means. Yeah. So human trafficking is such a challenging topic to discuss, and you cover it quite a bit for TV for us here at WRAL. You're able to tell these stories that have such a real impact, and you have such a care doing those stories. So first off, thank you for taking that care to tell these stories. Where does your passion and interest in this topic come from? Man, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, you know, when I, when I first started in journalism, I used to volunteer at a soup kitchen. And at this particular soup kitchen, you would see a lot of individuals that would come through. You would have conversations with them, um, establish some level of relationship or connection with them. And one particular day, I was working at a soup kitchen, speaking to a young lady, uh, giving her a bowl of soup and conversation. And that was pretty much it. About a week later, I was involved in an investigation that we were working on at our station on addressing prostitution in this particular community. And we did kind of, I don't want to say a sting operation, but we just kind of hung out in a car and we wanted to see who would approach us within a period of two hours. It was a photographer and I, and we were sitting there. And I remember sitting there one day and this young lady came up to the car and um, she presented herself for sexual services. And um, 
as we rejected her offer and we drove off because we wanted to showcase what a big problem this was in this particular neighborhood, her face looked so familiar. And I'm like, why do I know her? I know her from somewhere. And I pondered that and I pondered that all night. And then later that evening, I recalled she was at the soup kitchen. I had a conversation with her. Hmm. I think about her because I, at that particular time, I didn't really know of any resources to offer her, any help I could give her, anything I could do to showcase to her there are other, other individuals that are here to help you. And that has stuck with me. So now when... Um, I see individuals who it perceives they're in prostitution or possibly human trafficking. I want to reach out and I want them to know that there are services available. I feel like that was a missed opportunity and that sticks with me. It's a really big moment for you, it sounds like. And so thank you for sharing that. And again, thank you for your work. We'll be right back after this break. Are you unhappy with your CPAP provider? Did you know you can easily switch providers right now? I'm Megan Giggling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. We are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Contact us today. We ship anywhere in North Carolina. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back, Julian. So when we talk about human trafficking, sort of just what you were saying, I think a lot of people do think about sex work, but that isn't always the case. What are some other industries or ways that people are trafficked? Yeah, and I think this, I don't want to say it's the most popular, but it comes to mind instantly when people think about human trafficking, they think sex. But there's also labor, human trafficking, child labor, human trafficking. And when we think about those things, we're like, that really happens is like, yes, there are documented cases within America each and every day of people who are being forced, children being forced into labor and also domestic servitude. That, those are individuals who are forced into a home to complete laborish jobs. They're not paid or paid very little and they're abused consistently. That is out there as well. So we have to keep our focus on not only those who are being sex trafficked, but being trafficked as a whole. And we don't talk about the other topics as much. So I'm glad that you brought that uh, to our attention. Yeah, looking at the um, human trafficking hotline data right now, sex work was the main cause. But also there were 34 cases in North Carolina for labor. So that is an issue definitely right here at home. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And in 2021, that's the year that they have the most recent data for, there were 223 cases in our state alone. Wow. And more than 340 victims involved in those cases. So some of these cases had a lot of people victimized. And you kind of touched on this earlier, but how exactly do people find themselves in situations like this? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a variety. It's a variety of situations. Um, 
that come into play on how people find themselves being victimized. And I want to go back to a young lady that I met at the conference and she shared her story and her story was, I thought was really, really impactful. She talked about how um, she became a survivor of human trafficking. Her name was Haley Barber. And she said it started off with a gentleman that she just fell in love with. Hmm. He said all the right things. He did all the right things. He made her feel special. But then she started to notice little things here and there, like little alarms that she became dismissive of. They started to engage in uh, substances together. And then she says it was almost like a switch just went off. And he started introducing her to different men. And then all of a sudden, she says she found herself in a situation where she was constantly being trafficked for sex. Um, Trust. Sometimes people let their guard down. And what Haley shared with us, if it's not right, you don't feel right. Use your level of discernment and believe it and get out of it. So um, I can only use her situation as a key barometer on like how people find themselves into it. And every situation is different, of course. Mm -hmm. But what Haley shared with us is that it started with trust. She thought she was in a trusting relationship and found out she wasn't. Wow. That's really powerful that she was there to share that story with oh, so many absolutely. people. Absolutely. I just want I wish you could have been there and I, I, I wish everyone could have seen when she came to the stage before she opened her mouth, everyone stood up and just gave her a round of applause because that is so difficult to share your story, right? Any story that you have, but to share a story that you're a survivor of human trafficking, just think how many individuals come across our TV screen that actually share that story. Mm -hmm. And she did that. And not only did she do it with grace and poise, she had a level of determination that this story is bigger than me and I've got to get it out. So everybody just stood up, gave her a round of applause before and after. And that's just a testament to her bravery. And that healing journey she must be on coming out of that kind of situation just must be so challenging that I'm sure this was cathartic for her to share her story. Yeah, you know, I, I really didn't get an opportunity to talk with her after afterward, and I really wanted to, but everybody was just around her like, hey, come here, Haley, we want to talk with you. Can you can talk to our organization, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But you can tell just looking at her that this is a mission for her. Mm -hmm. This is not just something she's checking off on the box. And now she's working with other, other organizations, helping them to identify potential clients that are suffering through this and that need help and need a voice like Haley's. That's a really good jumping off point. Now, what are some of the signs that someone should be looking for if they think someone might be a victim of human trafficking? Oh, there are so many different signs. You got to look for inconsistency. If it doesn't look right, it's okay to pause. Ask that person if they're okay. Or even call an organization or call the police department and say, I don't think something's right about this situation. There was a president of one of the organizations that was there, and I believe it was First Fruit. And she made the statement that there was a situation where there was an individual in a house, a guy that was in a house with about 12 women. And police came over there for an investigation dealing with drugs. And she said that you can look at the surroundings and inside that house, you can look at the women, you can look at this gentleman, and you can tell something is not right. Why is this guy in this house with 12 women and why does it appear that many of them are on substances 
She said the officers never asked questions. They never investigated on exactly what was going on in that particular house beyond seeing if anyone had warrants. Well, they found out a couple of weeks later this man was involved in human trafficking and these young ladies were being trafficked. Wow. So, yeah. So she said that you have to stop and you have to ask the question. And she was so frustrated that the investigators didn't go to that second level. But more importantly, she said, it's not just on the investigators. It's on you, Allie. It's on Julian. It's on all of us that see inconsistencies in our society. And we can't drive by it. We can't just flip the page. We have to stop, pause, and ask, wait a minute, what's going on here? This doesn't seem right. Hmm. And you got to really trust your gut on those. Yeah, you do. And guess what? Sometimes you're going to be wrong, right? But I'd rather be wrong than um, know that someone is subjected to something that I could have sounded the alarm on. Yeah, definitely. So you talked a little about calling the police. What are some other ways that people can notify and report that they think that there might be an issue with human trafficking? You know, I'm so glad that you you raised that question because a lot of times we instantly think like, oh, human trafficking is going on on this block. Let me call 911. That's a great place to start because you you took the initiative to say, hey, I want to do something about this. But there are a number of organizations not only within the Triangle, but also in the state of North Carolina that are providing adequate services for help. So what I would say, I'm just going to throw a couple of organizations out there. Uh, A21, True Justice, First Fruit Ministries. These are organizations that are working with those who want out of that lifestyle. And when I say not out of, out of that lifestyle, this is long-term stability. This is not, hey, let's get you out of this. And where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. No, they provide how many of these organizations provide housing, training, job training, and the support that they need mentally to get back on their feet. So those organizations are out there. One organization that I, I really love and I've had the opportunity to work with on a number of occasions is um, the Ship Outreach Community Center. They are absolutely fabulous. They work in uh, southeast Raleigh. Um, they tackle everything from food deserts to education deficiencies, clothing deficiencies, and also human trafficking and prostitution. And they are on the front line. So unite with those groups beyond just calling 911. Say, hey, how can I help? Or if you know someone that is experiencing that, these are some organizations that you can reach out to. Once again, uh, A21, True Justice, First Fruit Ministries, and a Ship Outreach Community Center. A lot of good local resources there. Thank you so much, Julian, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to the WRAL Daily Download. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find more podcasts from WRAL at WRAL.com. Just search podcast from sport to true crime. There's plenty of shows to keep you informed and entertained. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.